Part 3, Chapter 2 of Home Education Series, Volume 1, Home Education. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Laura Witten, WindyHillHomeschool.blogspot.com. Home Education Series, Volume 1, Home Education by Charlotte Mason, Part 3, Chapter 2. Children have no self-compelling power. An educational cul-de-sac. Some years ago, I was accustomed to hear, Habit is ten natures, delivered from the pulpit on at least one Sunday out of four. I had at the time just begun to teach and was young and enthusiastic in my work. It was, to my mind, a great thing to be a teacher. It was impossible but that the teacher should leave his stamp on the children. His own was the fault if anything went wrong, if any child did badly in school or out of it. There was no degree of responsibility to which youthful ardor was not equal. But, all this seal notwithstanding, the disappointing thing was that nothing extraordinary happened. The children were good on the whole, because they were the children of parents who had themselves been brought up with some care but it was plain that they behaved very much as twas their nature to. The faults they had, they kept. The virtues they had were exercised just as fitfully as before. The good, meek little girl still told fibs. The bright, generous child was incurably idle. In lessons, it was the same thing. The dawdling child went on dawdling. The dull child became no brighter. It was very disappointing. The children, no doubt, got on, a little, but each one of them had the makings in her of a noble character, of a fine mind, and where was the lever to lift each of these little worlds? Such a lever there must be. This horse in a mill round of geography and French, history and sums, was no more than playing at education, for who remembers the scraps of knowledge he labored over as a child? And would not the application of a few hours in later life affect more than a year's drudgery at any one subject in childhood? If education is to secure the step-by-step -step progress of the individual and the race, it must mean something over and above the daily plodding at small task, which goes by the name. Love, Law, and Religion as Educational Forces Looking for guidance to the literature of education, I learned much from various sources, though I failed to find what seemed to me an authoritative guide, that is, one whose thought embraced the possibilities contained in the human nature of a child, and, at the same time, measured the scope of education. I saw how religious teaching helped the children, gave them power and motives for continuous effort, and raised their desires toward the best things. I saw in how far law restrained from evil, and love impaled towards good. But with these great aids from without and from above, there was still the depressing sense of laboring at education in the dark. The advance made by the young people in moral and even in intellectual power was like that of a door on its hinges, a swing forward today and back again tomorrow, with little sensible progress from year to year beyond that of being able to do harder sums and to read harder books. 
Why Children Are Incapable of Steady Effort Consideration made the reason of the failure plain. There was a warm glow of goodness in the heart of every one of the children, but they were all incapable of steady effort because they had no strength of will, no power to make themselves do that which they knew they ought to do. Here, no doubt, come in the functions of parents and teachers. They should be able to make the child do that which he lacks the power to compel himself to. But it were poor training that should keep the child dependent upon personal influence. It is the business of education to find some way of supplementing that weakness of will which is the bane of most of us, as well as of the children. Children should be saved the effort of decision. That the effort of decision is the most exhausting effort of life has been well said from the pulpit. And if that remained true about ourselves, even when the decision about trifling matters of going or coming, buying or not buying, it surely is not just to leave the children all the labor of an effort of will whenever they have to choose between the right and the wrong. End of part three, chapter two.